27 years, I dreamt of you. I craved you. I missed you. You lied. Episode seventy-seven, uh, getting pretty close to uh, to that hundredth episode. Uh, but we are here today I, uh, with the the drive-in. I am your host, Aaron Lopez, and uh, got Ben here today. We're talking about it, chapter two. Ben, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's great to be back. We're almost there to that wonderful time of the year of Halloween and I know horror movies everywhere and candy and pumpkin spice lattes. I say that, and then I, I look at my my numbers. I, this is actually episode seventy-eight. Oh, okay. 78. It's clarifying. Not that uh, anybody is dying to uh, to get onto that. But yes, pumpkin spice lattes. Ben brought us some coffee. Uh, and I am, we're both basic girl, basic white bitches. Yeah. Drinking our, uh, I'm trying out, well, I'm trying out. I've had it. It's delicious. The pumpkin cream cold brew. I have the OG pumpkin spice latte because I usually don't drink Starbucks. So I was like, what can I get that will not, you know, make me shit for a week? So I got us pumpkin spice latte. And you know what? I was telling Ben this before, but I I don't care. It doesn't actually get under my skin when people see me drinking pumpkins flavored stuff and you're like, oh, ho, ho. Because my grandma and I, like, we love pumpkin stuff growing up. In fact, yesterday, sitting right in front of us, Jordan went down to Cincinnati to Finley Market and brought me back a four pack of pumpkin flavored uh, Belgian waffles. Finley Market has the best stuff. It's so good. Yeah. So I love pumpkin and I am unashamed of it. And so throw your your whips and arrows at me and i will take them and eat some pumpkins flavored stuff with them oh. um but yes we're we are like on the cusp of halloween season here it is only like a week into september but i was ready for halloween as soon as school started uh but yeah i mean we we've got some good scary movies coming out specifically the one we're talking about today with it uh chapter two and uh specifically though just like the the, the weather's getting a little chillier it's yeah. like we had a very a really cool weekend here yeah uh, it's gonna get hot again this week, but it's it's you can it's on the doorstep. Falls on the doorstep. There's football a starting. Yeah, football starting. That always helps. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, we uh, like I said, we're talking yeah. to hit chapter two. Uh, I want to kind of highlight a couple of the the major actors in it. But overall, this was a really big ensemble production. Very big. Um, you've got Bill Skarsgård coming back as Pennywise, um, and then the the original cast of of kids comes back. We'll talk about that because I really enjoyed the way they structured the uh, the plot of this. But uh, Jessica Chastain coming uh, on as Bev, James McAvoy as Bill, and Bill Hader as Richie. Um, those are kind of your well-known names. You'd recognize a handful of other ones as well. But um, just wanted to kind of like highlight them because we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this older, younger uh, split from, from the original uh, as well as for um, uh, the original one in 1980. So, um, well, 80. Is it 90? Is it 90? I think it was 91. 1990. 
80s when the mo- the book was written yeah. in the 80s 90 yeah because uh, uh i think it was 1990 because it was every 27 years i think 2017 is when the f- yeah. first one came out which i thought was cool little marketing um but anyways first off how you been i said we didn't, i've we, uh, been pretty good uh, school's going good i got busy stuff coming up um i've you know i've had to sh- uh, put an uh, offensive foul and hibernation because i'm getting ready to have reconstructive knee surgery here we're talking about that and then in a couple more weeks after, well, about a month after that, I'm having a baby. We're having a little girl. It's a, life so, is going to get real crazy here for you. So things are starting to pile up. So I'm just trying to deal with them one by one. And But I, you can't complain. So You're trying to get Ben on as much as we can before life gets crazy because... I mean, I'm sure it's still. Well, I mean, time, we could but... we could always do a drive-in with me on painkillers. I mean, <laughs> that would be. I'll say, give a whole new view to a drunk drive-in. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But good, glad to hear. Yeah, that. it's fine. And football's starting, and you know, school's going well, and you know, pretty good. Awesome. So we talked about um, before this gets started with our trailer rundown. Uh, there was one that kind of surprised us. It wasn't. It was a trailer, but it wasn't. Um, teaser. But a little, yeah, like a genuine teaser because yeah. it felt like the movie was going to start. Um, but so we'll we'll run through those, but we'll talk about that one here at the end. Trailer rundown this time around is Black Christmas, The Current War, Hustlers, uh, Gretel and Hansel, said that way, not uh, the opposite. Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, Just Mercy, Doctor Sleep, and then the teaser at the at the end of this before the movie began was Birds of Prey. Um, so what did you think about any of those? Did you get the same? So we came into the movie theater as Rise of Skywalker was going on. Okay. So I missed those other ones. Um, but yeah, the Star Wars one looks fantastic. They're going to wrap it up. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with uh, Princess Leia. Yeah, how they're going to incorporate that. I really yeah. don't hope they don't shit the bed on saying, okay, who's Ray's parents? Yeah. I, got, I like there's just a bit of me that's saying they're just going to let that fly into the wind and not really take that seriously like oh there's so-and-so farmers from Tatooine or something like that yeah I really hope that we get some sort of I, I recently like definitive yeah I recently heard that uh Daisy Ridley compared the end of this series to the end of Game of Thrones and I'm like I don't know what that means it, yeah. she was very vague about what that meant is it like a build-up because <clears throat> like the first three eight, three or four episodes of Game of Thrones were really they were good. very strong yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm worried because if she means that it's going to uh, disappoint people in the same way, um, then I which she why very would much, you say that for your? Movie I don't know. Comes out? I don't know. And, or maybe it's going to be controversial, and, and yeah. that's fine. You know, hell, all of these re, these uh, more recent Star Wars movies have been very controversial because you have such a split between what people expect and what they get. And again, it's that's not really for us to. But I don't feel like you got that with Game of Thrones. I would even I would have killed for a controversial ending. Yeah. I don't think it even gave us that. Yeah. No, the controversy was that people were just pissed off because it was yeah. just like eh, just bad writing, lazy writing. Um, but I don't know. I think that I think Dis- it's, this is a difference too between HBO and Disney. Disney's not going to put out crap. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know they've got their hands in everything and they're going to make sure. If this doesn't, if, if Rise of Skywalker does not do well, they can kiss goodbye any other movies that they want to make in the future because there's just going to be this hugely negative connotation with Star Wars for a while. Sour taste in your mouth, if yeah. you will. Um, but but I, I mean, I did see a trailer online for Black Christmas. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that, that that was being remade. That's one of the unsung horror movies of, I think, or late 70s, early mm-hmm. 80s. 
It uh, looked like early slasher films. It looks really campy. Yeah. But in that sense, that's kind of what those slasher films are. Yeah. They're not supposed to be psychological it's horror updated movies. campiness. Yeah. So. So um, and then uh, what was the yeah Doctor Sleep looked really good. Doctor Sleep looks really interesting. Like it almost makes me want to go back and reread The Shining. Yeah. I need to go back and watch it. It's been a, I think high school was the last time I saw it. Um, for the first time, everyone's like, "You haven't seen The Shining yet?" I'm like, "No." So we sat and watched it. I'm like, "Oh, this is." This is really good. good. It's, but it's been a long time, so I need to go back and watch it. And I'm interested. And so far, what I've seen in the trailers, it looks really good. Because, you know, there have been people in the past that have gone back and tried to, like, recreate Stanley Kubrick-esque mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, And, it just and I feel like this guy, I don't know his name, but I feel like he's doing a really good job so far. Yeah. Like, even Spielberg's tried to do it, and it's just kind of fallen flat. Stanley Kubrick was his own cat, you know? Like, he was just of a different time and place. And oh yeah, you can't to even kind really of go compare. back and redo one of his films or recreate some of the stuff that he did. It's just you're asking for trouble. It's uh, Mike Flanagan okay. who has done a lot of horror movies: Oculus, Ouija, Gerald's Game, Hush, Before I Wake. Hush was good. Uh, Before I Wake was phenomenal too. If you haven't seen that, it's about a kid whose dreams come to life, and when he gets he has nightmares, then like they're dangerous nightmares. It's yeah. Uh, that's that's the um. One of the more recents. He has, yeah. Gerald's Game was 2007. Devin and I watched Hush on Netflix. It was uh, a woman that is, uh, can't hear. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's deaf. And there's somebody's trying to get into her house. It's kind of in that same vein as, um, you know, the movie where there's the blind guy who's, he's he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah I can't remember what that one, uh, Lights Off or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it looks interesting. The one I'm, I'm really really interested in um well current war looks phenomenal current war's got um benedict cumberbatch um in it and nicholas holt oh and i can't think of the last guy i'm gonna look it up here um it's got tom holland in it as well and then the guy you notice that we're starting to get like a breakfast club type of british actor oh we are like you got cumberbatch holt uh tom hollandsworth you Uh, got oh the other one definitely a very american actor michael shannon um, he's yeah. who I couldn't think of, but it just talk. It's it's historically uh, the reviews right now are not very strong on Rotten Tomatoes. It's only getting a thirty three percent, but um, it's a the story essentially of um, the current war, the war on electricity uh, between all these people who had all these ideas, yeah. and it just looks good. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the rev- current reviews though are not too uh, too high on that, uh, but the one I think I really want to see is Gretel and Hansel. I've not seen a trailer for that. It had um, I can't think of her name. I'm gonna look it up here. But the, as long as the they young like woman... make it dark, like mm-hmm. a dark because those stories are dark. They are. Those fables are. It's are dark. dark. Um, Sophie, Sophia Lillis, who plays Bev in the It movies, the younger okay. Bev, she is um, she is Gretel, and it is it almost is like a um, like the witch, like that okay. kind of vibe to it. Um, which is a scary it, movie it's it looks good um it looks disturbing um it, it doesn't make it it's not like one of those movies where i can't even i don't remember the name of it because i refused to watch it um where it turns them into like witch hunters hansel and gretel is the witch, witch hunters hunter. that's it's, the name of it yeah it just it's jeremy it, renner was in it yeah, yeah it's not that no it is a horror a true um settlers horror movie um, you know, colonial time style. Of, That's the scariest ones because there ain't sh- shit around for you, you to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks really good. Um, 
So that's that's the one I think I'm most excited for. Birds of Prey, again, I'm excited just to see what they do. Um, DC seems to have some life recently between Aquaman um, and Shazam and upcoming with the Joker. And Wonder Woman soon. Wonder Woman, uh, was it 1980? I still wish they would have shown uh, Hugh McGregor in Black Mass. Like what he'll look like yeah. once he makes that train. But again, they're saving it. That's yeah. good. You don't want to know stuff. But I, I think DC's got some new life. And I think they Birds do. of Prey is going to hopefully continue that. Because and now's the time because Marvel's kind of taking a, a time out, yeah, and they're going to kind of reset things and you know shift to new directions. Now it's time for people are going to be jonesing for their comic book fix. Well, and I hope it does well because you know we're both wrestling fans and we know that when you have competition, that's when the best stuff comes exactly. out. And I think that um, we were lucky that over the past few years, all of the Marvel movies have been so strong because they had nothing to compete with. Exactly, they had nothing. So. Hopefully DC can kind of kick it up and we can go and see what they do. So yeah, that Joker trailer is amazing. <laughs> like like I've, the stuff that I've seen online and people talk about like this is going to get awards. This is gonna this is gonna. But also people, what's got me intrigued is people talk about how this is this could be a controversial film. Mm-hmm. Like there's some elements in this film and things that they say and show that can be very like thought provoking society type <clears throat> well and i think that i i i, I genuinely believe that by the end we are going to hate the joker like we're supposed to yeah. there's going to be moments of empathy there, yeah. there's going to be moments of sympathy even but i think that by the end uh the journey will have taken us through of yeah you could have gone two ways you could have gone you know the high road or the low road and he he went the middle road which is the i'm making my own damn road mm-hmm. um and I think that we will we will despise the character as a villain uh, like, you, as we're supposed you to. You want that mm-hmm. in a movie because you know the end results. Oh, yeah. There's no like, oh, he's going to be... You know the end results of his character. Yeah. So to be halfway through the film sympathetic or something like that... Yeah. Is I'm a, excited. I'm, good story I'm very telling. excited. So that'll be in a, in a few weeks here on, uh, on the uh, podcast. Um, but let's get to it. Let's get to It Chapter 2 because I'm sure we've got a lot to unpack. Um a reminder, uh, since we are still pretty early and new in this new format, uh, there is no spoiler-free summary. If you haven't yet seen it, chapter two, go see it and then come back and listen to us. We are uh, we're going to jump right into things, um, and we're gonna we're not going to look through the plot. We're going to look more specifically at elements of of discussion. So, if you have seen it, stick around in a second. Uh, but if you haven't, go ahead, pause it, and and go see it because it, it was a, it was a well worthwhile movie, especially if you have seen the first one. Um, if you haven't seen the first it from a couple years ago go see that because this won't make as much sense um but yeah so um initial thoughts what did you think about the movie in general i liked it i liked it a lot um it it did what i wanted it to do for me um i thought it was really good storytelling um at first i didn't know how much i would like all the flashbacks Mm -hmm. but then when i thought about it in the bigger picture the flashbacks were essential to telling the story yeah i i Um, I agree it would have been a very uh, dysfunctional story if you didn't have the flashbacks because at first i was like dude are they gonna have a flashback like every 45 seconds or every four minutes or something like that but once you start putting the pieces together the the flashbacks are essential to telling the story and it's nice to see the kids like not just to have the movie to be all about the adults because that's what they kind of did with the original tv version yeah, it was it was, it was just adults. vastly a this, split. Yeah, this was an interwoven story of like you know you had you had kids interacting with their adult selves, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. Yeah, um, I liked it. I don't know, I don't know if the three hours kind of spoiled it for me. Three hours slot, but 
I will grant some leeway that that the, the book is intense. It's like eleven hundred some pages. Did it feel like three hours to you though? No. Yeah, and and I, I think it's because I was just so into it, and I wanted and the talk about a climactic build. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, I mean, there was a lot that had to happen for them to get to that what last half an hour to almost an hour. Well, yeah. I, at one point, I, we went to a seven fifteen, and, and after our fifteen twenty minutes of trailers, uh, it was about seven thirty a little after when the movie started, and I looked. Um, and it was about two hours in. I'm like, oh my god, we still have 45 minutes to an hour left. Yeah. And that was right as they were crawling into the cave, like through that small opening. And that's just so the beginning. Like, that's the beginning of that. So like yeah. the last 45 minutes of the movie, at least, are which are I, all I do appreciate because and... some of those movies, it's like you build all that up and then you have a 15 minute climactic. It's rushed. Yeah, yeah, it's rushed. It definitely like, was not rushed. No, this was very well thought out. This was very well planned. Yeah, I, I mean. It is three hours. If you're not the type of person that cannot do a three-hour movie, you know, listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, there were some things, you know, but I enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask about the the structure and how you felt about that because I I tended to really like it. I felt that this is a type of movie, especially with the type of actors that you have. Yes, it was an ensemble film. Fantastic but, cast, though. But with the cast of you know Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James McAvoy, I really expected it to lean heavy on them, not ignore the others. It didn't. But everybody had their moment. No character was undershadowed. Even um, Stan, who died exactly. at the beginning, it was he it, had he was there at the he was almost there at the beginning, there at the end. Yeah, it was it was very evenly spread out, um, and I felt that that was important to really to, to the the movie. I, I can see how As they a group could of have friends. yes because and that's why it was three hours. That yeah. was why it was three hours is because everybody had their moments. And you go back to the first one and everybody had their moments as well. But they were, you look at like Eddie with the um, the leper right outside the house, and that yeah. was maybe what a two minute scene. It was yeah. fairly quick. Um, you had Stan with the um, the the weird flute lady. I don't yeah. know what she was called. Um, but you had her, and again, that was a short scene. Like all those were short. Everybody had their moments this time around, but it was it was a journey. Each of, each character had to go through that artifact journey, and sometimes that meant going back in in the timeline to see yeah. how they got to this point, and then also adding another whole scene of them battling it again. Because it one doesn't tell you the whole picture. No, and I think that was purposely designed by mm-hmm. the writers and the directors and the producers. Is that we don't want to tell you the whole story. Yeah. Whereas, if you watch the 1990 version, TV version, that that first part with the kids wraps everything up. Mm-hmm. And then they just go, okay, now we got to do with adult stuff. This one purposely left chunks out of the puzzle so they could go in this one. And look, if th- is this not where we're at right now? I mean, if you want a really good movie that's really just going to keep your attention, it's going to be two plus three, mm-hmm. almost three hours. I mean, that's just where we're at. In our... I was just surprised that... It was a horror movie yeah. at three hours. Those don't happen. You no. very rarely because you lose the interest. Yeah. And how where many do you jumps, go? Yeah. Where how many go? jump scares can you incorporate? How much high and low? How much can the audience take? Because I mean, if you take Hereditary and make that three hours, I'm dead by the end. Yeah. Like I have had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, this one though, I mean, it was it was slower build, and it, I think it and it, but it, again, it didn't feel slow. It didn't feel like no. they were dragging their feet through the plot. And I think some of the comedic elements helped too. Absolutely. The, I mean, they—they they, it was well paced. Yeah, it was well paced because you know, it's, 
it wasn't like we had to throw in a funny line. Let's throw in a dick joke or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was everything seemed very planned. I don't know. Like, you give credit to the writers, the actors, the director for setting the pace, but mm-hmm. everything was like you said. It didn't seem like three hours. I just know there are going to be people out there, people that listen to this podcast that are can't sit through a three hour movie. No, and I I, I don't go back to what you said a three hour horror movie. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like the last time we sat through a three hour movie it was Avengers, and yeah. that in itself. You're, that was an emotional roller coaster, and so that kind of to me has some similarities to a three-hour horror movie because you're how much can you handle? You need some levity, you need some um, some happiness thrown in there. Uh, and this one, like for example, uh, for example, Bill Hader's character Richie, he did a phenomenal job buying he, stock on Bill Hader. Yeah, buying oh, stock on he is this is phenomenal. Right? If you not, you will have a newfound respect for him in mm-hmm. this. If you've not seen him in Barry. On HBO. I still need to. It was mentioned to me again last night when we saw See, it. See, I so kind of had an inkling when, coming into this how good it was going to be because I, I we watched Barry mm-hmm. and he shows his dramatic chops in there, still being funny. But this was, dude, buy stock and Bill Hader. He's the legit. And while we're talking about him, you need to go out and watch uh, Documentary Now. It's yep. a it's another phenomenal series. The third season doesn't have as much as him in it, but he's still writing and producing. Um, yeah. Actually, I don't think the third season has either him or um, oh, who's Fred the Armistead. other guy? Yeah, Armisen. Yeah, and I, I don't think either of them are really in it at all. The first two seasons are just those two guys. He was on Colbert or somebody the other night mm-hmm. talking promoting it, and he said, but Colbert said between Barry and Documentary Now, he's that he's gotten twenty three or twenty four Emmy nominations. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal. It's, yeah. This just shows you that, like, with a pipe, the true pipeline that SNL is. It's yeah. not just a bunch of people who like to make people laugh. These people are strong writers and actors and yeah. directors. Because they have to be there. Yeah. They're everything. They yeah. do everything there. So, again, Bill Hader's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the fact that we got we got every single person's story. And I was going to ask what of, because we had a lot. I mean, the movie is split up basically into three acts, mm-hmm. as most are. But the, the second act, to me, is the longest because it is... They talk about, um, well, and you mentioned this, we don't get everything in the first movie. The one thing we don't get is what happened to them after the fight. Yeah. Um, in the first movie, they all they all survive this attack by uh, it, and they all go off in their, their different, it's after the, the they house. They make a little blood, blood oath. They cut themselves, they make a little blood oath yeah. saying if it comes back, we'll come back and we'll just yes. kill it. But it's this, it's this fight that they have where Bill punches Richie. Yeah. And oh, okay, okay. That, yeah, that's where we don't. There's and it's it's so well done because in the first movie, you don't realize that there's a few weeks or days at least in between the moment where that fight happens and when there's a little bit of a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. A lot happens there, and they go back and fill the gap, and that for us kind of puts us into the shoes of the kids who have forgotten a lot of what happened. We forgot it too. We never knew it, but there's that there are those blanks in their mm-hmm. memories. So I love that. I thought that was so cool because you genuinely are learning about their past as they're remembering it. Exactly. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Um, but I wanted to know which of yours, because there's a lot. Every character has one um, of those moments. Which was your favorite of the, of the not just, I don't want to say just the flashbacks because a lot of them were flashback and artifact moments together. But which characters did you find to be um, the most enjoyable and for whatever criteria you want to judge um, it by? I guess for... I guess for, I guess the three for me would I and I don't know if a particular order, but I just was kind of more drawn to to um, Richie's story. His was interesting because 
you know, at the start of the film, you ha- I don't know if they purposely did this, but at the start of the film, there was a, a, an attack on a gay couple. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that was kind of, and I don't know if they... If it, well, that was in the book, they said. Yeah, that was in the book, and, and I don't know, that was just kind of startling. It was unsettling. It was a yeah. weird way to start the movie. The fact that he was willing to just dump his body over that mm-hmm. that that bridge, um, but you know Richie's story of like the secret and just you know his his intentions and that that scene in the video arcade, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get that boy to you know hang out and play and stuff like that. I just I don't know because they never came out and said it. No, not and, not even in the, in the, the film when they're all like hugging each other and stuff. They're not. He's not like yeah, I'm gay. I thought they yeah. when he was hugging. At the, in the in the quarry, that was like one last line where he goes yeah. like I like Dick or something like that. Like he gets yeah, I left. thought there's something would have happened. Yeah. No, he in that moment he just says I don't know who you, and it was a, it was a more of a calm humor. Of, that he's okay with himself. Yeah, it's like I can't see you guys. You know, I can't. Um, you know, I I don't know who you are, who all these people are hugging me, but thank you because yeah. he, he didn't have his glasses. Um, but yeah, and you you really it comes full circle with him etching. Plus E, so yeah. R plus E we for t- Eddie. Are we to assume that he was in love secretly with Eddie? I think so. Yeah. That's what I got out of it. But I love like, the ambiguity of it that it doesn't just come out and say it because you don't... It Was it important to no. know? I don't think so. Because he's dead now. Like, it doesn't, yeah. yeah. And now you really see... It would make sense that he had, um, he had this kind of more than just a friendly bond with Eddie because of how he reacted. You know... He didn't react that way when he found out that Stanley died. He really didn't care. He's like, oh, he's dead? Great. Okay, I don't want to be dead, too. Yeah. And he, you always saw Eddie and Richie kind of, even though they gave each other a ton of shit and seemed like Constantly they hated each other each at times, they, they always did things together. Yeah. Beginning of the movie, when uh, Richie said he was going to leave, Eddie's like, I- I'm going to agree with Richie on this one, and I'm leaving. Um, you know, and the, when they came back <clears throat> and um, were trying to go down and... Um, Richie was getting attacked by the Stanley spider thing. Um, Eddie couldn't save him, and he was like, "I'm so he would wanted to save him, but he couldn't." Yeah. And then, despite that, Richie goes and as they're getting ready to go down into the the next level, he gives him a little pep talk. Talks about it like, "You did this. You did this. You, you're braver than you give yourself credit for." And there really wasn't a rib in that one. No. There's always like this undercurrent of a rib, and that one didn't have one. Everything else had like a. You know, fucked your mom, kind of a funny yeah. like you know joke underneath it, but this one didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, it makes more sense to see that he had this um, a love for Eddie, and, or, and and not just you know, I mean, an un, an un misunderstood love because he's a kid, he probably didn't really know what it meant, uh, but as he grew up, you know, it becomes a little clearer. But, yeah, I thought his was the best one that came full circle, and I thought Bill's was because Bill was severely PTSD with his little brother yeah. Georgie and just the, that I mean that was like a very undercurrent bubbling throughout the almost the whole entire movie to the point that he was willing to sacrifice himself to say some random kid yeah like he was like shouting take me to some random kid and that I think that hit, that was his way of trying to like make amends for allow his brother thinking he allowed his brother to die yeah which I'm glad again I'm glad they at the end they kind of brought that full circle because that's clearly some heavy stuff yeah it was it was a way for him um when you see his hand in the puppet because the last time we saw that it when he was a, a kid we saw pennywise's hand using uh georgie as a puppet to uh, make him feel guilty 
and he realizes he was making himself feel guilty. He was the one that was holding on to it, which is powerful, um, which very is subtle. Like why he like image. pushed him down into the water, mm-hmm. like George, like to drown, like to dr- get rid of it. Yeah, drowning him. his uh, the emotional ties that he had, the guilt. He was drowning a lot of his metaphoric guilt. stuff in this yeah. man. Yeah, the Lots. metaphor of that was was heavy. Um, so about, just look, looking through. So what about you? Did you have one? I well, I I really really wish. That we hadn't gotten Bev's uh, artifact almost in its entirety in the trailer. Because yeah. the first trailer that they released was, for that this whole scene. was almost the whole scene. Um, everything, like except for what it was that she was coming out with. And that You could have I mean, kind of guessed that though, right? Yeah, you had some ex- some belief that it was gonna be like not just the lady, but like something bigger. Um I really liked hers, uh, but I wish we wouldn't have gotten it ahead of time. Um, because it also was the only glimpse that we got into this this idea of what Pennywise was before he was Pennywise, and that was one of those things I was, I'm going to uh, remind me to talk about. We need to talk about now that there's closure, what truly it is, what Pennywise is. Yeah. Um, but I liked the the whole idea of him putting on the clown mask, uh, the paint, um, and scratching at his face to yeah, make that the, was the fantastic. That was so. He cool. should get an Oscar. At least the nomination. He he absolutely he absolutely between could. the two films, he, Bill Sarsgaard is just he terrified everybody on set. Yeah, the last they, time that happened was Heath Ledger as the Joker. They were saying at a Conan O'Brien show they had there during Comic Con, and they said even during the table reads mm-hmm. he was terrifying. It's just and put himself on the map. Um, he'd been in some stuff. He was in the um, what was the, what's the the is it Netflix or Hulu? There's a there's one where he plays like a devil type of person, yeah, demon. He was in Deadpool for about a hot minute. But yeah. Deadpool too. Yeah, I can't. I'll I'll find it here because I know that if I look it up, it's gonna be one of the first things. But yeah, he's phenomenal. And that, like I said, that scene that you were talking about where he gets, he's slowly just talking mm-hmm. and just putting on the face paint, and then it's like, yeah, it looks like it, but it's not too scary. And then he just drags his fingers, which kind of makes the it outline. Yeah. Oh, Hemlock Grove and yeah. Castle Rock. Those two were things that he has been in recently. Um, but yeah, I think that it is, it's really, it's a strong overall scene. Um, Cause there's a journey, like genuinely her character goes on a little bit of a journey there. Um, I mean, looking at the other ones, um, you know, James McAvoy's uh, bills was, I don't, I didn't think bills artifact element was a strong, um, you know, hearing kind of going back and hearing the uh, the voice of Georgie in the uh, in the sewers, and then having that kid there, that was okay. I think, but his was a little bit more than that. His went into the the funhouse yeah. later. I think his was more. I don't think the boat was more important as him pushing the, that last scene. Yeah, just hop out the scene in, in the in, in the, the basement. Yeah, yeah. Um, Richie's with the kind of crazy um, lump. What's the um, Bill Paul Bunyan? Paul Bunyan, yeah, yeah, that that I didn't have a whole lot of jump scares. That one got me because I wasn't you, really you expecting that. See how that. the scene behind it changed. Everything in the color and the yeah. texture of the scene changed. That was amazing. And then how they got had everybody that was in the background just stop, stare, and stand, and just and started going yeah. with and waving. Yeah, that was a good one um, for me. Um, Mike's Mike really didn't have one. Um, he had the moment in. Because um, he already knew what his artifact was, yeah. like he. We already assume that he's done his journey. But his his um, interactions with um, with Bowers, I mean that. So his kind of, which I didn't even realize. Let's let me talk about this for a second. I didn't realize 
that Isaiah Mustafa, who plays older Mike, he's the guy from the Old Spice commercials. Yeah. No clue. Yeah. I had no clue. And I told Jordan that this morning. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah, it's the Old Spice guy. He looks a little older. He looks, he looks very different. Um, he looked older. His hair was longer. He didn't have a beard or any facial hair at all. Yeah. So definitely, he looked different. But And you know what I also like, and saying on with Mike, is that how through the first part of the movie he really has to work hard to convince his friends to like mm-hmm. do this yeah like it's just not like oh we all come back and like okay guys let's do this let's go he had to like really pull tooth and nail to he, get these people to even buy into it and what he wanted to do he lost them like two or three times yeah and each time he had to try to grab hold on to one to try to get them all the first time you know like a couple so, times we're like there was a couple scenes where like okay let's Pack our bags and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they, they were ready to leave multiple times. Um, Ben's was interesting because Ben was one of the only ones that really had a heavy experience in the past with it that we didn't see mm-hmm. the first time through. Where during the moment, um, the moments after, because Ben didn't really have, he had the one with the in the library the first time yeah, through. Yeah, which was creepy. Um, and that was with the headless boy um, running at him. Uh, but he also, this one had a, uh, it showed itself as Beverly. Um, and I still think it's interesting because I wasn't sold it was Beverly even once it was Beverly. Because when you see her standing in the shadow of the projector, yeah. it's not Beverly. Very and then cool you look effect. back and you see who it is and you're like, oh, okay, it's Beverly. And you see the ha- her hair. But you're like, and then still. after it, it goes back to the reflection or the, the shadow and you're like, yeah, but that's not what we see. Yeah. That was cool. And then she, her face starts burning because it's the burning, burning fire. Her hair being red, and the the poem that he writes. Um, I liked that one, um, and it was also kind of really creepy when he was in the, uh, the locker. So claustrophobic. And he turns around and he has he sees it, and it is Pennywise is just kind of sitting in there with him, and he's that that we we kept going back and forth. You were expecting it, but it did yeah. it a couple times before it finally did, paid it off. So, um, Eddie's. I want to talk about Eddie's being probably my favorite in the sense of, of humor. That guy, and I don't know where I've seen him from. So damn funny. He and like he, you know, and so just the portrayal of him and his younger self was fantastic. He looks spot exactly on. like him. Looks sounds like him. Yeah, his rhetoric, like just everything was spot on. Um, and even see, when it wasn't been... serious, like when even when it was like super like scary, he was still able to like insert. Like that when that scene where he came back to the hotel after getting puked on, mm-hmm. he was like, "I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, I'm gonna go to my uh, room." <laughs> just Bowers, Bowers is in in my room. Um, like when he gets stabbed in the the cheek, cheek. yeah, he like went through. He's like, cheek. "How is it?" I'm trying to remember the exact line he said. I was like, I think he just said, "Bowers is in my room." Um, he stabbed me in the face or something, something yeah. like that. Just he was in uh, Sinister. Okay, he was do- deputy so and so in that. Um, he was an old boy. Um, let's see, Sinister Two. Well, I hope he does more stuff because um, he was really good. Recently, he was in Captive State. Uh, Television-wise, though, he's been in a lot. Um, I'm trying to see multiple episodes. Uh, Bosch. I don't know what that is. Um, Low Winter Sun. How to Make It in America. Generation Kill. Uh, the Wire. He was. He watched, did you watch The Wire? Yeah. He was, was a Ziggy in twelve episodes of The Wire. Um, but he, yeah, he was i think one of the strongest as far as how he connected to his younger self yeah yeah um but his was hilarious because when the the leper 
starts throwing up on him. They're playing the um, uh, what's the name of the song? Um, I can sing it in my head. Let's. Um, you can go ahead and sing it now. I mean, we do have a musical well, background. I say I got the tune. Um, it's like the lyrics. I'll find it here. Um, but it's like let's call it an angel of the morn. Yeah. Like they're playing that as he's getting vomited this black spewed bile all yeah. over him, and he's just sitting there and he's like. He has no idea. And he's like, why am I down here? What's... He's, it's just this interaction between him and himself that is just hilarious. Let alone the ent- everything else around him. Oh, just so, so Because that whole basement yeah. was, I was watching like when he was like slipping and falling and get tangled up and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is exactly what he doesn't want because he's a hypochondriac. Yeah. Like this is like, he is like in his own personal hell right now with all the needles sticking out and the blood bags so and, and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I thought it was interesting too that they that they showed that he wasn't able to help his mom. He had to leave his mom. He left her, yeah. So that was like something that maybe again, like Bill Hader's character or uh, um, James McAvoy's character, that something that he was holding on to that he's now able to just kind of let go. Well, I'm curious too because he went and saw his mom when they went to when they before they went down into the uh, the well. At that one, in that one moment, when they go back to the house the second time in the first movie, there's an interaction with his mom where you know he gets angry with her and he's like, "No, I'm I'm going with my friends. You're not going to tell me no." But now that we know that he had that moment beforehand, it it's kind of one of I think that just gives him power to say like, maybe he felt like that was it also telling him like, "Hey, don't go and do this," or maybe it's just the idea of fear again within it that that kind of sparks his outburst his, uh, to his mother the first time through um but now it's kind of interesting trying to put the timeline together and say like here's how everything happened when it happened um and seeing if that gives us any additional information on the on the uh on the characters from the first movie um or at least the children and their interactions with people um what would okay just fun little interesting what would your artifact from childhood be something that you oh, for geez. better or worse ha- have held on to or would have held on to that would be representational of a a high or low point of your childhood i don't know man that's a wow <laughs> that's what deep. a throw a curveball going to say hey uh, represent your entire childhood in one moment uh i don't know i have I have a book of I have a collection of baseball and football cards. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I have them still. Yeah. St- they're in a box somewhere up in my attic. Uh, I don't have any plans on selling them. I just feel they're like just, I need to keep there. them. Yeah, they're there. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I'm trying to think. I I have a few things. Again, I've got my my Pokemon cards that were pretty much represented a good six year uh, window of my childhood. Um, but then also too, I think, uh, like, honestly, it would probably be, um, I have, so I had a dog from when I was, I think five years old, four or five years old to when I was a sophomore, junior in college. I mean, he's 17, 18 years old. Old. The dog was old. Can I, let me get, yeah, you have this collar. It's collar. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. You know that what? collar would probably be it because that dog yeah. was everywhere with me Yeah. and it's actually, it's sitting around my, uh, my mom. Um, found a stuffed animal that looks very much like him and gave that to me, and I have the collar around the stuffed animal. Yeah, I still have my dogs from childhood's collar yeah. stored somewhere. So that would probably be it. That's heavy. Dude. We just hit a heavy moment here on, on driving. Uh, 
hard-hitting yeah. questions. Were you okay with all the artifacts that each one brought? I think so. I think the only one that I was kind of like, eh, was um, was Mike's. I felt like, I mean, I can I can see how it was important, but like he had the rock. Like I don't. Everybody else's it made sense that they were able to go and get them or find them. But like, like I guess honestly too, that maybe maybe that doesn't. I can't really critique that because there's no way Bill would have been able to go and find Georgie's boat. Like exactly. it was part of the moment of him confronting it. So Mike going back and confronting the moment where he almost died because of a hate crime, and then finding the rock that actually saved him. I, okay, so maybe. Yeah. But so yes, well, I would we're say. not we're not supposed to see uh, Mike's story. Mike's already had his thing. We yeah. are here to. He has other alternatives of figuring out how to kill Pennywise. Maybe Stanley's was the one I, li- I liked least. It just seemed like thrown in there. Yeah. Um, I would have thought maybe it was maybe not his hat, like the the shower caddy um, hairnet things, but maybe like a yarmulke uh, or something like that because of his connection there. But I don't know. Everybody else's I really liked. Yeah. I thought I okay. very clearly Bev's with the postcard with the poem made sense. Georgie's boat made perfect sense. Um, the inhaler. Yeah. What else is he gonna have? Maybe like his his uh, losers uh, cast. cast, but like the inhaler makes more sense. Um, the token was kind of interesting. I felt like that one. How do you feel about that? Like, there's a there's quite a bit of. If you haven't read the books, there's a bit of a cosmic feel to this. Mm-hmm. They kind of incorporate that a little bit, not too much to like scare people off. Yeah, but also with the Native American undertones. Yeah, and like the whole ritual sacrifice type stuff. Um, I mean, how'd you feel about that? Like, I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm asking is, how'd you feel about like their overall plot to get rid of it? <laughs> I with the Native Americans and the. That's a, that's a good question. So, like, I was talking, and this kind of ties into the ending a bit. So, I was talking with Jordan about it, and I was like, so, when we see that flashback, uh, what Mike sees through Bill's eyes in that sense, we see essentially it is an alien. It's, yeah, it's, it's coming. It's Yes, it's it's crash lands from, the, from space. Um, it did not seem that that was going to be the case. It seemed more um, demonic in nature. And so, but also at the same time, I always kind of felt that there was someone, um, Robert Gray, the 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 man who um, was Pennywise before Pennywise, um, in that sense, that like persona. That is who I kind of always felt was there, and they maybe he made some sort of a a deal, or he he was turned to some sort of dark side. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of was disappointed there. I. I don't think it lost me in the sense that like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull lost me. Yeah. Where it's like incorporating the cosmic element. You're like, whoa, where's this coming from? Because there's a lot in this. Like if you read the book, there's like a giant sea turtle. That I come, not yeah, read there's, It's on my list, but good lord, that's a long book. In the book, there's a giant sea turtle that's a good guy that the kids summon to come fight it. Yeah, um, I, I, they I, gave a little nod when Ben walked into that classroom. There's a... Oh, the sea turtle. There's a yeah, turtle see, sitting on the I desk. Wasn't, I didn't catch that because I'm. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of. Com- I'm glad that they kind of gave a little bit to the movie, but didn't like go full on like, like Guardians of the Galaxy cosmic like. Yeah, I mean they incorporate a lot because there's a lot of elements with like the stars, mm-hmm. um, the three lights kind of coming down from from the heavens and kind of a, a 
kind of uh, what's the word? I'm looking so for? We're, like juxtaposition we're, there. So just so I'm clear, we're to assume that it is those lights. I think so. And then whatever form it decides to take, mm-hmm. because Which, the the headlights when he's um, at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, when he's got uh, Richie in the headlights, um, he's not. It's not him. It's behind him. Mm-hmm. So, like the it Pennywise that we see, it's just a body. It's, it's just a form. it's a figure. Yeah. And behind it, literally behind it, working through that figure is the lights. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm not against it. I just I feel like we had a darker. Uh, I mean, again, and that would have changed the entire book. I have not read the book, so kind of having that outside perspective perspective on it, I think that I maybe would have liked it in a different way, but I didn't dislike it this way. Yeah. Well, there's quite a bit of stuff they left out of the book. Like there in the book, there's there's a, an orgy. Yeah, the orgy. The orgy. I've heard. I heard there's about a lot that. of other cosmic stuff. I mean, Stephen King had to been on something. Speaking of, did you see him? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great cameo. So I. In the whole undertone of... I know, in the whole author... The discussion in this scene, um, I thought was just interesting because they're talking about, like, you're an author, you can afford it, you know. And then talking about, like, I didn't like your ending. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, are very critical. That's the rap on Stevie King. Yeah, they're critical about his his books. I thought that was awesome. He doesn't usually cameo his movies. So this when I saw the top of his face from behind the counter, I, like, smacked Jordan. I'm like, that's Stephen King! Lost my mind because he's never in his movies. No, he's such a recluse. He doesn't want any of that. He wants to be very separate. But that should show you that how much he likes this interpretation. Oh yeah, I mean he's not going to be in the movie no, if no, he doesn't no. like yeah. the, or, the script. You know, because the director I heard went to him several times, like mm-hmm. we're going to do this, but not this. But are you okay with this? And, yeah. You know, we're going to have to cut some of this out. And that's the way it should be. Honestly, yeah. I love how in some um, you'll see this in a lot of a lot of movies, but not all. Uh, with Hellboy, the recent re- iteration of Hellboy, the reason why I feel like it bombed so much, they didn't go to the ori- the, the source material. The source. They didn't talk. They didn't talk to the creator. They didn't say, "Hey, here." They just went to the text and said, "Okay, here's the the primary source. We're gonna interpret it this way." Like you can even go and see the interview with the creator of Hellboy, and they're like, "Yeah, they they talked to me once or twice, but they didn't really ask me a whole lot." Yeah. When you go to the source material. You know, the reason why I think when we eventually get it, the new Spawn um, movie is going to be so strong is that Todd McFarlane is going to be heavily involved. Stephen King was in this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I think it's got a little bit more weight behind it because you can always interpret something in a different way. But if you have the support of the person who created it, you're going to, you might actually not miss something. You might get something more to it. So, and I think he was, I mean, because that was the running joke throughout. I mean, they did it right off when we met Bill. And this this second one is that you know he's an author, but he can't finish. He can't write a finish. Yeah. Or his endings are horrible. Yeah. And that's my two knocks on a Stephen King book is one the endings are can be a little bit lackluster. Yeah. For the build that you get. Yeah. yeah. But I also feel like he takes too long to build. Mm -hmm. Like there's like so much building up to you can get to meaty parts of the book. Yeah. Just my my personal take. But yeah, I liked him. I liked him in it. I thought it was great. I'm glad he was in there. It was it was a fun scene. It was a really interesting scene, um, and I like how he he, he played into that that old the you know the dairy yeah. uh, adults yeah. well of kind of being a little off putting but not like not nearly as off putting as the pharmacist. Oh my god, that guy's just 
He's one of the best. I didn't think actors. he could get worse after the first one, and then they put some old age makeup on him, and yeah. I was like, "Damn!" The tongue thing as he's like touching his mole, as yeah. Eddie's mole. Ugh. Um, it's a nice touch though. Him and his daughter still in that pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was a really interesting incorporation of of him into it because again, he doesn't normally cameo, so it was really interesting. Um, two two more things I want to talk okay. about specifically. Um, how do you think the we talked about this throughout? But who do you think was the best portrayal of an adult version of a kid? So the casting, I think we can agree, was top notch, very strong. Where did they hit the highest mark, though, in your opinion? I would say it's a dead tie between Richie and Eddie. Okay, I, I really do. I just think they nailed it. Um, you know, even when they were showing the kids flashbacks and Richie's little quick, you know, shitty jokes, Bill <laughs> Bill Hader perfectly trans formed that into yeah you know that was, I, that was strong and it was funny i just thought it was really good i thought it was really good um where but, do you, where do you think they missed the mark if you had a low point in the casting uh jeez, oh, i don't know i guess out of the kids or just the entire cast uh kids um i mean and you could say the entire cast if it was one that had an old and a young so like bowers could be included in that i guess i just didn't see a lot of i I guess out of all the casts i didn't feel like mike was as fleshed out because when we when the story starts he is already still there yeah he has already done his work he is already we don't really have to get a lot more backstory or we're not getting a lot of backstory because it's assumed that he's already been on his journey and gotten Mm -hmm. his token and now, but so I guess that made it seem like we were getting a lot more of everybody yeah, else just while Mike that. was behind the scenes, like doing Indian rituals and, and stuff. <laughs> Honestly, for me, it was it was Bill McAvoy. Yeah, it was my low point. And again, low point on a very high scale still. Yes. But I felt like everybody else, to me, visually um, and verbally, matched their child counterpart counterpart yeah. very well. Um, I'm exactly with you where I think that um, Hater and um, well, Richie and, and Eddie were my top two of being just spot on. They they did a perfect job. Jessica Chastain a close uh, second in that conversation. But McAvoy's, I honestly just felt like he was incorporated more so because he's a phenomenal actor and mm-hmm. he could play it. And I think that he played Bill well of having that older version of this kid. But I felt at times that I was able to see the differences. They were two different people to me. Whereas like the Richie, Eddie, Bev... Um, even Ben, Ben was the, we have it, was really the eye, it was in the eyes, it was in the eyes, in the nose, in the and nose. The eyes. yeah, that was how they found this guy. And he's not a really, he's a, an Australian soap opera actor. I looked at him, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Um, he was really good. It's very strong. And actor. he was almost kind of the anchor mm-hmm. of the, of the group of friends because he, several times he had to talk people into staying yeah. into doing stuff. Well, that like, was Ben in the first place, yeah. you know, cause he didn't have that friend group. Um, I do feel like I got the Ben Bev thing too much. Like how many times do we have to see him like fawning? Yeah. And off the side being mad because he's not the one. And, I did. Like, I like with, I did like that. They waited till the end though. Yes. Okay. But I mean, come on the whole kiss underwater thing. I was laughing. Jordan's like, what? I'm like, that's so unrealistic. You're not going to yeah. make out underwater. You're going to choke it down. Like, yeah, you're going to get like. Like liquid in your lungs. I don't know. I just that part to me. I was like, all right, that was overly romanticized. But yeah. otherwise, I thought that was strong. That's so so dirty, fucking creek water. Oh, and they talk about it too yeah. about how Eddie would have told them. Yeah, you just kiss, get... but now you have like some type of disease. Yeah, Ebola or something. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about though is um, how do you think it stacks up to the original? 
You, and if you want to ch- chapter one and two together to the the nineteen nineties, um, you know, TV series. How do you think? Because and and, and actually too, uh, maybe this is a good time. So before we give our opinions, um, Aaron Brewer, who is uh, has been on the uh, podcast a lot, he's he's my guinea pig. So the anchor, uh, the net, the uh, Anchor.fm is where we put all of our podcasts out through. Has this really cool feature where you can send in a voice message and it can incorporate it. So uh, we're gonna let's let's actually hear what Aaron uh-huh. has to say. I definitely feel that the new adaptation holds up to uh, the original in a lot of ways. The original was more of a psychological torment, whereas the new one focused kind of on the the pure horror aspect of things. Um, Definitely a lot more gore, a lot more blood, um, but it definitely worked in the context that it put it in. I appreciated the um, addition of kind of scenes that were missing from the original book, um, particularly the smoke hole scene, and I definitely appreciated the overlay of the flashbacks of the characters when they were younger. I think it added a lot of backstory and context to the adult characters kind of reliving that past trauma um, and added more to the torment that it, in the form of Pennywise and the various adaptations of it, um, really kind of the way that it was able to torment the Losers Club as adults. All in all, I definitely enjoyed it and thought it was a good adaptation. All right, so so that's what his, his views were. Um, what did you think of the uh, the comparison to the original um, between the, the Tim Curry and the Bill Skarsgård? Not just the characters, but overall. Well, here's the thing. You're viewing it through two different lens. You know, the original we saw as kids. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of me. Like, especially <laughs> the shower drain scene. I'm, like, I'm glad they referenced it in this yeah. one, that little kid. The shower drain scene, we st- that scared me as a kid. I was yeah. afraid to take showers. Um, but then viewing this as an adult, it's... You know, I would have felt like if I had saw this two, these two versions as a kid, it'd probably been one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Like this was a scary movie. This was. They spent a lot of money on CGI, uh, a lot of creepy monsters. Devin said she loved the monsters in this. There were a lot. There's a lot more Pennywise, not just as the clown, but as like the creature, the hallucination or the fears. Yeah, a yeah. lot more in this time. Just really scary. Um, I just I like this one better. I, I the the original TV movie is a product of its time, and, and the fact that it was on TV, and that effect it was on TV, which yeah. limits what you can do within your script and visually. Um, and even then, even with that, as a kid watching it, it's like oh, it's still scary. You know, watching it as adult, I was like, ah, okay, I can see where I was scared as a kid. Yeah. Um, this one will scare you. Um, Devin was. <laughs> Devin really liked the monsters in the movie. She did not like the two kids dying. That really upset her. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I guess as parents, now that we have, like, a five-year-old and another one soon to be, that, that was, I like, the first one with the little girl, I covered Devin's eyes. That was rough. Like, she didn't want to see it. She didn't want to hear it. She put her hands over her ears. I covered her with that the was bag. Um, it, it's rough. But, I, I mean, I understand it. I mean, I didn't go into the movie thinking like, I hope no kids get killed. I mean, like the like, entire the entire premise yeah. is based on children getting kidnapped and killed. I think you the problem see was is that with these two kids, they were innocent, good kids. Like mm-hmm. in the first one, that Henry Bowers' buddy, like he is a dickhead. Yeah. Like okay, I could see like yeah, kill him. He's a, he's a dickhead. He's tormenting these kids. Well, even Georgie, Georgie's scene is pretty heavy. It is in I'll the do. first scene when we first saw that. 
woman that saw that that ruined the whole movie for Devin. Really? Yeah, she was just like, well, because they don't show it in the, no. they can't show what they showed in the no. in the first one and on TV. But like with the little girl mm-hmm. in this one, she had that she was like, birthmark I, I got a bar- birthmark, and that was just like, oh shit, they're gonna kill her. <laughs> They're going to kill... Oh, my God. And then it's how violent the other one was with the little boy in the, the House of Mirrors. He exploded, basically. I mean, you see just, like, a, a glass pane Because if he's of... pounding his head on that just to barely break through, and it's like, oh, sorry, James McAvoy. Yeah. You're going to use your Professor X stuff to get that, like... Like, there's the... You're like, you know it's coming. That kid, how. yeah. That was... And that was one of those things where you're... I thought in the scene and in the trailers that it was, like, going to be his kid. Like that's the impression that yeah. I had got since I hadn't read the book, and I, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, they're gonna have him have a kid, and he's trying to protect his own kid in this sense that he couldn't protect his his younger brother. Yeah, um, but which just, he tried to do. Yeah, and it's in this, it's just so much darker because he's so more, he's so willing to give himself up for this random kid who guilt, right? It's just guilt driven. He just wants to make up for it. He has it's his only way of making up for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was just heavy. So if you're not into that. Just get going. I mean, there wasn't a lot of kills in this. No, I mean you have, but there were pretty hardcore kills. Yeah, you have the um, the the man at the beginning after he gets thrown off the bridge. Um, that was a disturbing sequence too. It was because the whole gay hate crime thing was disturbing to begin with. But then you have um, his boyfriend who's trying to find him, protect him, and like get to him, and you see like Pennywise who's holding him, and then he like shifts it's this quick like shift and it's like he's basically like holding him up for a sacrifice and then it's a slow you know mouth opening like with all the teeth and grabs into his like shoulder neck whole half his body so i would say this one again playing off of what you said so much more gruesome than what we got in the the 1990s because that's what happens when you're an adult yeah you know you shift from that age of kids to an adult it's it's life is more gruesome absolutely you know you the first one he had i mean both of them had hate crimes in it which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. both of them one was the first one was tailored more towards uh african-american and and discrimination and racism and this one start, had a more underlying of uh homosexuality mm-hmm. uh gay uh you know hate crimes which i think is interesting too that that was actually in the book um, yeah, it wasn't something that they threw Which in is because really of like forward thinking. Yeah, it's like sign of the times. We're gonna yeah. no, like that was in the book, and actually, King put that in the book because it was based on a true story that had happened in the eighties um, in Maine. Like there yeah. was a man, a man who was beaten up for being gay and tossed off a bridge. Yeah, like so. Which there, are other, I guess, I guess to me, I took that as yeah, there are there are real monsters too. Yeah, absolutely. There are real yeah, like monsters in the world, even in Dairy, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to answer your question, um, when I go back and look at the original now, and then now that I've seen both of these two movies, I go, I think these two movies is what that one should have been. Yeah. If Tim Curry could have got to be yeah. him, pity-wise, then. The, these two movies that have come out in the past four years, that's how I, I I don't think it compares. Well, and I think it's... it's you much... watch it now for nostalgia. Yes. Actor. Yes. Well, and it's the the Tim Curry, Bill Skarsgård versions. Like, okay, who's a better Pennywise? That's like saying, you know, is LeBron or Jordan better? Yeah. Is um, Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger better? Like, they're different in different time periods. And there's it's a different portrayal in a different way. Same name behind it. Same sport. Same whatever. Yeah. But it's not. You can't compare the two. Just enjoy them both for what they are. Um, 
I just feel like Bill Skarsgård took it to a really dark place. Oh, yeah. Like, he was, like, he did well at incorporating the funniness of a clown. Mm-hmm. The, the kookiness. Yeah, the kookiness of a mm-hmm. clown and the, how oh, he talked like this. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Ugh. did all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, when that scene when she was he was, like, counting... He was like, one, one two. two. And, and then she, she's just, like, you forgot to say, and he had that the look. The drool? Oh. Uh, the drool. Because he made that switch. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm being a funny goof count. Now I'm about to eat your head. Yeah. Oh, so I like this one. This one, I, I don't think you can compare and contrast. All right. What about you? Yeah, I, I thought, it, again, very much the same. I thought that you really can't compare the two. I like this one more in some ways because of the... Um, the overall portrayal of Pennywise, but I think that the the silliness of the clown itself and just the, the childhood fear is much better, I think, in the original. Mm-hmm. The childhood fear is much better, but I think the overall storyline... Does it seem more real? It, yes, this time around it feels way more realistic. Um, the, the, the original, 1990, that one seems more... Uh, like nostalgic now, I'm trying to think of like in the moment what it was. It, it was more of this idea of um, potential with like what could be dangerous, what could be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because they weren't able to show most of it, they had to do a lot of Correct. their edits was very it was very uh, their editing was very different. Their their portrayal of the characters in the, in the scenes were very different. Um, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a few other and maybe we didn't. I missed them, but a few other cameos from the original. A Seth Green sighting or something like little, yeah. uh, but again, I think that might have taken away. It would have been fun in the moment, but it might have taken away the, from what they're the trying to do. The kid that played Ben, kid, mm-hmm. was in it. Okay, he had a small cameo okay. in the original. It he he had a small cameo. I think during the police scene. All right. Um. So may, maybe there were there were a couple yeah. that I just missed, but where are the cops? Nowhere. Like you had cops at the beginning investigating the hate crime. But then you have an entire town of kids going missing. Yeah. And you did, did you not see any cops? No, and I think some of that too is this menta- that dairy mentality, which they Mind kind of say. Business. Yeah. They stay away from all of that. Um, yeah, I think that might might be a purposeful of the adults are, are trying to stay away from it because if they, they survived their cycle and they're just going to go and do their own thing, you know, like everybody, they it's don't almost know as what's if going on. The town on. is in the deadlights. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I like that. Yeah. All right, so the one last, well, two two more okay. little things as we wrap up. Um, and both of these kind of go as to finalizing it. Uh, last week we did this for the first time, and I liked it. Fits definitely this time around, too. A new segment called The Oscar Goes To. Who would you say had the best performance in uh, this? One person. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Okay. To me. Yeah. Uh, just what he encompasses and, you know... I've always given respect to people that are put under heavy tons of makeup and are still able to perform mm-hmm. just like Andy Serkis or, you know, like I just, he, I said this in the last film and I totally believe it in this film. I think he is just an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I know the Oscars don't fawn heavily and we're now just getting into the cusp of comic book people getting nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Um, one day, horror people that are in horror movies will hopefully be able to do that. I just thought he was awesome. Yeah, mine mine would be Bill Hader. Um, I think that we talked about it earlier as to why, but I felt like he was the most real character to me. Mm-hmm. He was the most realistic. He was the most believable. 
Because um, at, at the beginning, he was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, what? no part of it. Yeah, like, he's, well, and I love there's a line where he's like, well, innocent people are going to die if yeah. we don't help. And he says, innocent people die every day. People die. Yeah. It just happens. We don't have to be one of them. Um, and even though it's not the heroic thing to say, it's probably the most realistic thing that someone in that moment would say. Yeah. Um, and I thought he just did a great job. I thought that portraying a potentially gay character without making it like, hey, all about that. Um, you know, the added humor and the unease and the nervousness and like everything the, he did was just perfect. The the fact that he was hiding the secret mm-hmm. of being gay added to the added to it, but didn't take away from the story. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't like, like, I, oh, everybody's gonna find out that he's gay or, you know, yeah. whatever it didn't. It was just his own personal journey that we were able to see. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd go there, but again, I would not be disappointed with Skarsgård. He, he, did a great job um, in both movies. And then, it was phenomenal. Because and then, because when I think about that, I think, well, look who you're following. Mm-hmm. The, like whoever's going to take up the next mantle of Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be tough. You, Tim Curry, for the longest time, he was known for. Oh yeah, that's it. Yep. If you didn't know any other Tim Curry movie, you knew that he was it, the clown. Yep. Pennywise. Yep. So that's bold what he did. Um, and then the other thing. So um, before we give our rating. Curious as to what you think uh, Rotten Tomatoes has this at, uh, both an audience and a critic score. What do you think uh, it audience? sits? Yeah, or, uh, see, I don't look at Rotten Tomato a lot. Uh, I don't seven, either. 70%, 75%? For uh, audience? Yeah. What do you think critics? Uh, I'll 80%. Flip them almost. Um, audience score right now is an 81%. Critics is about a 65 okay. Top critics? Even lower. About a but 40, I bet you they bitch about the time. They probably do. Yeah, I yeah, bet probably. you they um, So with that being said, what are your final thoughts? And, well, let's see. Uh, we have to pick our rating scale first. Red balloons? or We could do yeah, balloon, red balloons. Kind of uh, very fitting. Uh, so what is your um, your rating scale of uh, 1 to 5 balloons and why? 1 to 5? Or 1 through 5? 1 through 5. Oh, yeah. 1 through 5. Uh, I'll give it 4 out of 5 balloons. Okay. Red balloons. Uh it was good. It was good. It, was, it wrapped it up nice. The ending was great. Like, the ending, it just didn't end, like, them walking out of a cave and be like, we beat it. Yeah. Like, they added a lot, I would say another 10 to 15 minutes, almost 10 minutes of wrap-up. Yeah. Because they get a letter from Stanley mm-hmm. explaining what he did and why he did it. Um, you got to check in on all the characters and what they were doing. Bev and Ben were together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richie was kind of, like, okay to go out into the world and be who he really is bill was writing another novel um so mike was going to florida and all that stuff so i yeah i like the wrap-up i like the scariness i like the tone i like the plot yes it was three hours but again it was that for me it was almost that avengers feeling of like you looking at your watch saying oh shit we're two hours in yeah and so it was a good pace um does this i like the way they killed it they didn't like make it real hokey yeah, the, when it turned into that spider form, yeah, like they did in the first one, they're the um the original, the original. Uh, so I, I liked all that. I liked all of it. I liked that they just didn't go in there and figure out how to kill it, and it mm-hmm. died. Like they had to like reset a few times to do that. Yeah. So it was good. It was good. Um, would you like to see a prequel? Oh, that's a good question. I because they definitely ended this. But this that, is, this series is done. But the they gave a they, couple of nods to that. What happened before this? Yeah, the only thing they can do is give us more understanding as to what it is. 
um, and where it came from. But that's it. I don't. I don't think. I think they're done with it. Um, okay. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I feel like if they do that, it's kind of one of those trends of like no one to quit. Yeah. Um, it could be really strong, but if it's bad, then it would probably taint damp it. it. Yeah. yeah. It would. It would definitely taint the the first two. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it being done where it is. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half um, out of five. I again for all the same reasons why um, you said it was strong. I agree with my only real issues are that in comparison, it's it's just it's not as enjoyable watching adults get scared as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's as relatable, um, if not more so now that I'm I'm older. But I think that playing on adult fear. Um, I was, I was looking up, you know, through Rotten Tomatoes, and somebody says it very well. To be, they say, to be fair, it chapter two was always going to be the less interesting half. Correct. And I agree. I think that uh, in comparison to where it was in chapter one, the first one, I think it was lesser. I do enjoy the casting. I, I thought it was very strong. I thought that the plot was was really heavy. Um, it was dense, but it didn't always feel like that. Like you said, three hour movie didn't feel like a three hour movie. And I'm glad that everybody got their their moments. If they not, they had a lot to so. tell. They did, and you almost feel like if looking at it now, if they had left certain things out, yeah, they could have to cut the time. But would you have felt cheated? You may have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, would it would it not have been as? Oh, that was okay. Yeah, and I'm looking right here just to see um, where the first one was on runtime. Um, I think it was like three hours, two nights. Are, I'm sorry. The, the, Are the uh, no the the first one? 100, 135 minutes. So it's just okay. just over two. So definitely added in another hour, roughly almost to this movie. But I thought it was strong. Uh, so three and a half. Um, it, it leaning toward four rather than leaning down toward three. Yeah. But definitely. I mean, um, if anything, go for the scares and the acting. Yeah, I mean, like, it was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a like, fun, scary movie. There were a lot of humor in it, which I, I always appreciate when it's done well with a horror movie. You're not going to go out of this saying, "Oh, that was a bad movie." No, no, no you're gonna you're gonna leave it saying, "All right, good." If not more, special effects are great, story's good, acting is phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that does it for us this week. Uh, we're we're getting you on again here when for Doctor Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So that'll be in a couple yeah. months once that comes out. Um, we'll catch up again with you. You'll you'll be. Probably you, you may have a, a kid. I may have a kid. May have sunny, a little, yeah. sunny Hazel Norsworthy. Oh, beautiful. So yeah, it'll uh, it'll be uh, fun. Um, it's exciting. You know, it's just you, you. It's hard to be wait. You know, I want to see yeah. what this kid looks like. We want to we want to have a kid, but the waiting makes it the birth and all that stuff even more great. So excellent. Well, I'm excited you were able to come on for this. I'm excited Thank to get you, you on next time. Um, next week, we're still not sure what we're doing. I'm kind of waiting on a couple people. We may have a drunk drive-in for you next week. Depends if things work out. Um, also, two may go see the Goldfinch. I don't know. You'll have to wait till next week to find out what we're doing. Um, I've got things on the plans, but uh, waiting for them to settle and see who actually is able to be free. Uh, but after that, we've got a lot of great movies coming out. I know. Um, Fall season. Just, I'm excited. The, between yeah. now and the end of the year... There's a lot of good movies. A lot. So, a mixture of uh, you know your big blockbusters with Skywalker, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and also too some good horror movies coming out. Some fun movies. Frozen Two comes out in that span. Um, a lot. A lot of Oscar movies. It's just going to be a good season. So uh, this one I think kicks it off um, in a in a very strong season. Last week even Peanut Butter Falcon was fun- so good. Yeah. So, um, so that wraps it up for us. Um, ben, thanks again. 
Oh, no problem, man. No problem. Enjoy being on here with you. Awesome. Until next time, guys, drive home safe.